Hello everyone, welcome back to Plotlines. I'm your host, Connor, and today I'm going to talk about grief and joy. It seems, uh, I mean, those two things are pretty seemingly far apart from each other in emotion and, you know, may not seem like they exactly work well together in something that that would be to, to talk about. But they are integral to understanding the world and understanding most stories. So when you're writing a story, it's important to make sure that the, the, the world you're writing about seems realistic. It means there's, there is good things, there is bad things, morally, uh, or uh, things that people make mistakes on, you know, that type of thing. Bad things have to happen to people. I mean, that's kind of, uh, if everything was hunky-dory, then it would be a pretty boring story, I would say. Anyways, that causes grief. But the only way to balance that out is you need joy. And in much joy... Grief comes. Grief and joy are pretty intertwined, which is why in great moments of joy, people cry. And that signifies the fact that this world is not... It's not perfect. And sometimes it's extremely bitter. And people can find it uh, hard to deal with. And that's why we have so many, why we have a lot of <laughs> mental illnesses and and anxiety and, um, you know, just people have rough lives because it's hard to deal with the fact that great pain and great uh, sorrow, grief, come, up, come upon people. Now, uh, I would say... Great joy is not doesn't have to be equal in a story because there are sad stories. It's sort of like there are stories that are that have great joy and grief, and then there are stories that have uh, uh, joy and then great grief, and then there are ones that actually have equal that have like that have deep, dark grief, and then, but the greatest of joys at the same time. And I think that's, uh, I think those are the different types of stories. Obviously, it varies, you know, you can have, you know, it's sort of like a scale of grief to joy. But it's important to have both. Now, I think the person that's most evident, or, I mean, not most, I don't know, a good representation of this is in uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's writings. He has great grief in his book, The Silmarillion, where many elves and men have tragic endings and tragic deaths that also sometimes lead or often lead to something, to a hope that is anew. Such as, um, so, uh, well, okay, so, like, there is this elf in the Silmarillion, spoilers for the Silmarillion, that pledges their support or their uh, help 
for uh, for a man who for or well for the heirs of this family basically because the family had uh, helped protect him and help fight for him. He had pledged support and help for him. And he, he, this, uh, the man came to him and told him uh, or requested his services and his help on a mission that he made for the, for the love of a, of a woman. And the, the, man, or the elf uh, said yes, though he was greatly troubled by the mission because it was extremely, uh, it was extremely dangerous. Because the whole concept was going was the attempt to uh, capture a special gem from the Dark Lord at the time, and his the elf also knew that his uh, other elves were after those gems, and that. They had pledged to kill anyone that got in their way. Anyways, the elf in question uh, and the man sort of fail in their attempt. Uh, and the elf sacrifices his life for the man that eventually leads to the man succeeding in his mission. And this is extremely sad, but he, but uh, this elf, his name is Finrod, uh, was able to secure his mission, was able to uh, take his pledge, was able to fulfill what he promised would happen, which made him die in great honor and and in great, uh, you know, respect, and sort of, uh, you know, keep. A goodness in his heart, though great evil had come, which is such an interesting thing. So great grief came at the death of Finrod, but the man was able, and his uh, future future wife was able to take this gem. Was able to we, uh, you know, was able to capture the gem, so he could marry his wife, or marry his future wife. And that is great joy. And even in the sorrow in Finrod's death, there is great joy because he sacrificed himself for another person. And that is oftentimes the most noble thing that one can do. Which is why I say that great joy and great grief can can be mixed together in even one event, but also spread out between different events, and oftentimes, you know, affected by that. Um. Anyways, so that is one example of grief and joy mingled together, but also one of the things in Lord of the Rings. Uh, also Tolkien writes that uh, Frodo is not able to or is not able to see the fruits of saving the Shire at the end of the book because he has done so much and has sort of harmed himself not like not like stabbed himself but like his mission had led to himself being extremely broken
and that led him to have great pains as he grew older. And as he grew older, everyone else was able to enjoy the fruits of their labor in the Shire, and and many of his friends, Merry and Pippin, and uh, were renowned as great heroes, and Sam became the mayor of the Shire. Anyways, this was, it seems really great. Everything going around seems really great, except for Frodo is in deep pain. And it's, and again, it's great joy is achieved through these moments, and sorrow is is also achieved because Frodo um, is not did not save the Shire for himself. Basically, it's very sacrificial. He did not uh, he accomplished what he set out to do, but in the end, it doesn't seem like it really mattered for him. But it mattered for everyone else. It's sort of like if you get uh, if you do something. Uh, for your friends, but they are the only or or you and your friends do something, and they're the only ones that see the fruits of their labor, at least in like, at least from other people's perspective, as well as you maybe take on a, I don't know, like a great injury that can never be repeal or or you know, recouped. Like uh, you lost an arm. Um, that would be unfortunate, and you'd have to deal with that for the rest of your life. But Tolkien also takes that and then allows Frodo to sail into the West to find some sort of comfort and bliss in a different place. This is, again, great joy, great, but great grief, because he, he's leaving all of his friends, and Sam specifically chooses to stay with his family in Middle-earth um, and has to let go of his master as his master, you know, finds a, a better place to, to live out his life. Now, Sam, actually, in the back pages of Lord of the Rings, it said that Sam eventually sails west as well to meet up with his master. So there is... It, so it's so it's really mixed with grief and sad, uh, uh, grief and joy is totally mixed and I mean it's sort of like if you believe that if you believe there is something farther beyond this world when you die then funerals are the perfect example it's if someone dies the the people that will be that still live on will be sad and will be mostly sorry will be often sorry for themselves and yet also sorry for their friend for going or you know family member for going through such pain and that you know obviously great pain is very difficult so it's also grievous for uh for for you know the person dealing with the, being the one dying and enduring the suffering but if you believe that there's a heaven, um, then there is the ultimate joy that is coming for that person, which is uh, which is incredible. So it's sort of again the 
the great joy and the great sadness, or the great grief and the great joy together mixing and create something beautiful. But at the end, it is nothing but great joy. Because this world is great joy and great grief. If Well, it can also just be great grief if you don't allow the great joy into your life. It's also, you know, it tends to be based off the choices you make, too. Um, and uh, that often is set, shown, you know, in, you know, TV and movies and stories, all sorts of that kind of stuff. If you're dealing with a character who is awful, who is the worst human being on the planet, never makes a good choice in his life, you're going to deal with pretty much utter grief. Now, that person doesn't really exist, at least for the most part. Um, I don't know. I've never... I don't think there's anyone that's... Well, you can't be all evil unless you're the devil, so... The devil would be the only character that that would ever have you'd ever find entirely great grief. Um, but anyways, so all any human would have to find both great grief and great joy in their life, and that is cru- again this is crucial for a story in um, in my in the book that I'm writing. I find it often that. Uh, great joy and great grief come into focus because that's how we look at humanity. And there always has to be hope for great joy in the future and then you will deal with great grief at, at times that you don't see coming because of your own actions, other people's actions, or... You know, the main character's actions, other characters' actions, you know, the devil, you know, character or whatever, you know, the most evil character specifically. And then it's going to be, and then if you have a sort of a god character or whatever, uh, you know, like an ultimate good or whatever, you will run into the idea of joy being brought in by that. So... It's really sort of a battle between grief and joy. And there's something, though, beautiful when joy and grief mix into one. Because joy and grief... Grief does not always have to be evil. And that's something that uh, people don't, know, don't realize sometimes. Mostly when they're dealing with grief. Grief doesn't have to be evil. Because if someone dies... Like I said, if you believe that there's another a higher power uh and you will and then that person will go to that higher power when they die, it doesn't it's the grief is for yourself, but there's but it's like there is something else at play. It's sort of the beauty of comfort if someone is in deep distress and another person empathizes with them it's obviously they are grieving with them but it is something amazing because if we didn't if could you like um it's important to have uh empathy for other people 
because that's what makes us human. And I, th- I always find empathy and caring for someone, especially when they're at their lowest, I find that the most, the most, you know, amazing. And it's sort of like, uh, who does this? Um, let me think. Um, there are, I mean, there are always a bunch of characters that do this in, in fiction, um, but, uh, oh, um, I don't, this isn't in the book or anything, but in Lord of the Rings, the movie, when, uh, when Gandalf is, is telling Pippin that this isn't the end of everything, death is not the end, there's something beyond, it's sort, it's Gandalf meeting, um, meeting Pippin with empathy as as uh Pippin believes that the world is coming to an end and that he is going to die and that is something extremely special because he's because they're both extremely sad or at least he's empathizing with him but he's also giving him hope it's uh, entirely he's cry or he's becoming very emotional he's becoming very sad but there's something beautiful about that sadness that comes about and as as well as um you know um when when gandalf falls in the fellowship of the ring the sadness that come the grief that comes over the fellowship is when you die or when they die or when gandalf falls um you miss someone because they were a good influence, because you loved them because of that, and that brings you grief. But if you didn't love, you would never have grief, which is extremely interesting. Or, or, or you would never have that kind of grief. You could have other grief, but you would never have good grief. In the, <laughs> Good grief. That sounds like an old saying. Anyways, but that type of thing. And... If you don't have this, you will not have a convincing story. That's one of the most important things that uh, a writer would have to to understand if they're writing a story with anything good, with anything not not good as in like good writing, but any any aspect of morality within it. Um you have or like let, let let's see okay so when iron man spoiler alert for end game um when iron man sacrifices himself he is sacrificing himself for peter parker he's recently brought peter parker back to life and he's sacrificing himself for his family and all of his friends and all the people of the world and it's sort of an extremely beautiful, it's, it's a beautiful circumstance because he is taking it upon himself to let go of, of what he f- would deal, what would feel as, you know, his life. He is, he, p- generally humans want to keep their life and that's usually what happens except for in the most grim of circumstances. He is sacrificing himself for the good of the entire world which is sort of also what Frodo is willing to do when he's carrying the ring 
he is, I mean, I believe Galadriel tells him that that the ring will claim his wife, this, uh, this whole situation. And basically, without the eagles of Manway and Gandalf, um, there, in the end of Lord of the Rings, his life would have been, been claimed, or without the tripping of Gollum. It's, there are very special reasons that are beyond Galadriel's seeing, and beyond Galadriel's knowledge, that prevent Frodo's death. And that's, uh, and again, that is absolutely the, this height of, like, grief and joy combining, because you have gone, because Frodo goes through so much pain, uh, holding on to the ring, his neck is bloodied, and he is overcome with grief and joy at the same time at his release. He's in pain, but he's also so happy to be done, but also sad because he feels like he he failed everyone. And he sort of did, but it ended okay at the end. And I find that grief and joy is life, and it's beautiful. And to have a beautiful story, you must have that sense of joy and grief. Now, I know everyone that's listening to this podcast has had great joy and great grief in their life, and it's it's always difficult during that great grief to to possibly understand that there is joy within within most of that grief or or in parts of that grief. And the only thing you have you can do is try and see it when you're dealing with it. Um, and I wish all of you the greatest of joy in the coming week. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye.